You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios, live in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Chatting with Kathy. Hello everyone, Bing is for doing, and today we are doing another episode of Chatting with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Kelly, and joining me today is Miami born and raised... Actor, director, producer, writer, Oscar Torres. Oscar, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And you have an impressive list of credits to your name. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you, you really have... So many, you know, guest roles and roles in movies. You are now in the upcoming, or I guess it's out now. It's out. Hangover 3. Yes. Uh, Officer Vasquez? Vasquez. Vasquez. And I thought the movie was hilarious. You liked it. I liked I'm, it. I'm glad you did. I liked it. Did. And I watched that for you because I knew that you were going to be a guest on the show. Yes. Not Bradley no. Cooper. <laughs> not. I, I really enjoyed the first two films, and I really liked the third one as well. I did, too. I did, too. I was a big fan of uh, both films. Yeah. So when I got cast in the third one, I go, wow, I won the lotto. Yeah. Um, and working with those names must have been so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's no surprise that the films have been so successful. Yeah. When you work in the films and you see them, you see how they work and that they really seem to be you know, friends. Yeah. They're, they have that chemistry. I mean, chemistry. they work together so much. And the director. Mm-hmm. And the director's the same way with yeah. them. You know, he, he, was, he was fantastic to work with also. Yeah. And I want to talk more about The Hangover 3 um, and any other projects that you're working on um, okay. upcoming at the end of the show. But first, I want to take it back to the very beginning. Uh, you were born and raised. a baby. Yes, you I were a baby at baby. one point, yep. as we all are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were born and raised in Miami. Born and raised in Miami. And you're of Cubano heritage. Yes. And yes. Um, so what was your family life like growing up? Chaotic. Chaotic. No, uh, no we're Cubans. Are, we have a, I grew up in Miami. Like you said, I was born and raised in Miami. Um, a lot of Cubans in Miami. Mm-hmm. We're majority. Well, it feels like we're majority in Miami. So um, growing up was like, was like I never felt like an, an immigrant, even though I was born here. Yeah. But I never felt over the whole immigrant mentality from the family because we were a majority. I mean, mm-hmm. the the mayor, the commissioner, the, the, I mean, everybody, the cops, when you got stopped were Cuban, they spoke to you in Spanish. Yeah. And it's like, it was a little, it was interesting. It's like living in a, in a third world country, but in the U.S. with all the great things that the U.S. has. But at the same time, you feel right at home. Yeah. So I, I think I, I had the privilege of having the best of uh, both worlds, maintaining my culture, but also being an American. Mm-hmm. Do you still get to speak Spanish a lot here? In L.A.? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Spanish speakers. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I order in Spanish. Yeah. So I know that you have an interesting story of how you got involved in acting. You were in college. Okay. Yes. And uh, you took an acting class as an elective, not really thinking you would pursue it as a career, but you fell in love. That's exactly how it, it It's actually even crazier than that. Um, my girlfriend at the time, I asked her to sign me up for a class. It wasn't an acting class. And she chose um, she chose an acting class. Really? As a joke. 
as a joke because I was very shy. So she thought it was it would be humorous to put me in an acting class, mm -hmm. and um, and I ended up being in the class, and I was horrible. I didn't even want to be there. <laughs> I would sit in class and just like this, and I'm looking at people doing imaginary exercises, the ball and that's not there. They're imagining and they're passing the ball, and, and I'm like, what are these people doing? They're crazy. They need therapy. And um, the last the last class, the teacher told me, you should um, you need to go up on stage and do something because I'm going to fail you. <laughs> I'm in college. She was going to fail you? Yeah, I hadn't done anything. I had sat the whole semester in class, and I had not gone up on stage and was not very cooperative in the exercises or anything. So at that point, I, I had to do an exercise. And I did uh, an exercise of something personal to me, which was because it was doing something personal. The exercise, you need to bring a, a personal moment on stage. So I did this. Um, my grandma had passed away a few years back. And um, and I go, wow, that's the only thing I can think of. So I remember going over that moment when I walked in the the, the uh, intensive care unit yeah. to say goodbye to my grandmother. Oh, wow. And so I went through the steps in my head. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, then it, it turns out that I was doing sense memory for those who are actors. Uh, you know, you're reliving the moment, all the yeah. senses. And you were close to your grandma? I was very close. She had raised me. So I'm going through, through the, the exercise in my head while I'm walking in. But the moment I took the step and I was inside the emergency, the intensive care unit in my, in my head, I saw my grandmother there. And it was magical. I forgot that there was an audience. I forgot the, that I was up on stage. I was actually there saying goodbye to my grandma. It, it was a magical moment, and from that moment on, I was hooked. And um, so I know you mentioned that your grandmother, mm -hmm. she raised you. Um, how did you draw from that moment without, like, like, how did you use that moment in class, I guess? Well, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was, what I did was I tried remembering. Okay, I remember I was sitting on the floor when I was waiting to go in the room. And I was waiting for the doctors to come on and say, okay, you can go now and say goodbye to your grandma. And I remember the, being really cold. I remember I was playing on the TV. It was the World Series was going on. It was in October. And I remember the back of the TV. So I started, I started going through everything that I remembered. And, um, and then I remember walking really slowly and these double doors. And there were a bunch of beds in the intensive care unit. And I'm looking for my grandma. So I, I went through the steps of what I sensed, what I was feeling at the moment. And later on, I, I didn't know that it's called sense memory, what I was yeah. doing. I, I found out, I mean, I learned it by mistake. And um, so that's how I went through each sense of what was happening. And then, but I was kind of doing it in a conscious, it was affecting me, but I was doing it consciously until the moment I saw my grandmother. Mm -hmm. The moment I saw my grandmother, I wasn't acting anymore. I wasn't going through through any exercise in my head, she was there. Yeah. And that's what they say, the best acting is when you're not acting. Exactly. exactly. So uh, you ended up not failing that class, I'm assuming. I, she, she passed me. She passed me and she told me, you should maybe take acting a little more serious. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't want to admit it at first because that wasn't my major. I was uh, Psychology was my major. Uh, but I was hooked. Mm -hmm. So what was the plan before like, were you going to be a psychologist, or what did you want to... I wanted to be a psychologist. Okay. I wanted to be a psychologist. And I did work at a mental hospital for six years. Wow. Yeah. The best acting school I ever went to. And did your family support you when 
you decided to pursue acting? They did. They did. My parents supported me. Uh, they were like, well, that's great. Okay, pursue it. Mm-hmm. I think they thought I was crazy. They thought you were crazy? They thought, I, they thought I was a little crazy and that eventually, I, I, I have a feeling that they thought eventually, you know, maybe this is this, just a face. Mm-hmm. But then they realized that it wasn't. And then when I moved to L.A., they were like, okay, this is real. Mm-hmm. And then they, I think when I moved to L.A., they also thought that I might move back eventually. That Yeah. So acting is one of the professions where you do have to be outgoing. Uh, yes. And I know you mentioned you're shy. Uh, <laughs> what was the turning point in your career, uh, in your life, when you realized that you had to, you know, try to be more outgoing? Um, well... I find that a lot of actors are shy. Really? A lot of actors are shy. I believe so. Um, for me, it's... it's Once I get into character, mm-hmm. and I believe the moment, and uh, <clears throat> you're, the, you're the other character that I'm... And I have a relationship with you, and I'm at that place. I'm not shy. I, I am... This is me. I mm-hmm. am this person. It's when they say, cut... You know, and I get back into my own that I go back to like, okay, you know, I am shy. And I was doing a film uh, last year in Miami about this guy who's over the top. And he's a clip called Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. It's mm-hmm. been a fest- film festival. It was at the Miami International Film Festival. And he's over the top and he's a ladies' man and he's flirtatious and he's always on something. And uh, and I would get to a set I would be really quiet, get into makeup and then something would click. I would get you turn it on. I would turn it on. I was this person. I could flirt with everybody on the set. And I didn't <laughs> care. And then cut. You know, at the end of the day, I would go back. To, and I remember the. I remember I makeup. They go like, "Hey, the character's name was Jimmy." And they go like, "Hey, when's Jimmy gonna show up?" Because I was quiet until I turned it on. Once I turned it on, I was the loudest person in the room, and I was. So it's it interesting works. how that that happens. Once I, 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 it's almost as I feel more comfortable. Once I, I have the character. Mm-hmm. Once you're in character. Yeah. Um, and I know that a lot of people told you that you couldn't pursue acting or you shouldn't pursue acting. How did you overcome that? Well, I thought they were crazy. I used it as fuel. I, I said, I'm, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. It mm-hmm. kept me going. It kept me here. It kept me, you know, it kept me um, believing in myself when everything else was indicating not to because if I quit, then they were right. You know, they were right. And in my heart, I thought I could actually do this. Mm-hmm. I thought and I could. sometimes people saying negative things are the best motivation to it was. go out and do something. For me, it was. it was. It was. That was the voices that I kept hearing when I wanted to quit. When things weren't going my way, when, you know, I would get a million no's, mm-hmm. when auditions wouldn't go my way. I kept like, well, if I quit, you know, I'm proving them right. They, they were right. You know, and I wasted time. Yeah. Are any of those people who are close to you who said you couldn't do it, are they still in your life? Uh, somewhat. I mean, they're, 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 they were mostly friends. Nobody in my family ever said you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They all I, believed in you? They all believed in me or said they believed in me, you know. They never said no. Mm-hmm. There were more friends that, you know, I told me, you know. Some believed in me, but said, "But don't go to L.A. You know, there's too much competition there." So they somewhat believed in me. Limitedly, they had a limited belief in me. Yeah. And others just said, "No, man, don't you know you're not that good of an actor." That's so rude. When I was starting out, when oh I was starting out, you're not that good of an actor. I and mean, I feel like acting. A lot of people think that it's something that you're born with, but 
it's something that you really learn. It is something that you have to, you know, teach yourself and go through classes to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. I mean, you have to have some talent. Mm-hmm. You have to have talent, I believe. But unless you try it, if this is something you're passionate about, unless you try it, you don't know if you do have the talent. Because mm-hmm. when I first started, I, I was horrible. <laughs> I really was. I was horrible. I can't watch what I, the things that. Really? But, you know, you, can, you, you need to be horrible. Yeah. You know, and I envy those people who are not horrible, you know, but at the same time, they don't know what it's like to fail. Mm-hmm. And and this is a business that you fail a lot, even when you're highly successful. Yeah. So I thought I think that motivated me and that that. But deep inside me, I would look at performance and I go, I can do that. I don't know how to do it yet, but I know I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept me going. Yeah. So I know that you had a lot of roles in Miami before mm-hmm. you made the move out to L.A. What was the deciding factor in making that move? A moving out here? Mm-hmm. It was a film. Um, it was a it was a film called Libertad. Uh, it was in English, but the title was in Spanish. I don't know why. Freedom. Freedom. And I played the I played the lead role. It was a political prison in Cuba um, based loosely on true story. It was based on true stories. My character was fictitious, but it was based on true stories. And um, I played the main character in that film, and the film had some success at an independent level. It showed in theaters and it played here in L.A., also limited in L.A., but in Miami it was huge. Mm-hmm. And um, But the fact that I, I was able to play the main character and carry a film, I, was, I think I was probably in almost every scene in the film, told me i can do this yeah i can do this i can do this at the next level you know the only difference is the budget that's that's about it you know yeah and um your breakout role was in kane Kane. on cbs and what did you take away from that experience um same thing it was it was an affirmation of what i believed that i believed i could you know i can i can act i can work and it was given given that role, and my role getting bigger and bigger as the show went on, and the response of the audience told me, you know what, I am doing the right thing, and yeah. this I am in the chosen, I am doing I am in the correct profession. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I know a lot of actors always say that. Getting a series regular role is kind of like hitting the jackpot because you don't have to go on auditions for a while. You kind of you know that you have a steady thing going. It's it's the yeah it's the closest thing to a regular job. You're not <laughs> doing a regular job, you show up. Yeah, you know you have you're here. <laughs> you show up and there's a routine that kind of feels comfortable for an mm-hmm. actor because you're not used to it. you're used to being unemployed. Even when you work on a, on a big film, you shoot the big film, but the next day you're unemployed. Yeah. You're back to square one. But it makes, I, I feel that that every role that has some exposure, like Kane or Hangover 3 now, makes it a little bit easier because if nothing else, when you go in a room, they've seen your work. Mm-hmm. So you, that's off the table. You, I feel like I don't have to, you still want to do well. Yeah. That's, there's always that pressure. You put it on yourself. But at the same time, you know, well, okay, you know, there's a good chance that somebody in that room has seen me, seen my work, and I don't have to. They know I'm a good actor. Mm-hmm. I might do badly in the audition. That's very possible. But they've seen my work. They know I can deliver. Mm-hmm. So they know that you can deliver something other than what you did in the room. Than what I did in the room if, I, if I'm horrible. <laughs> 
Um, so what do you do when you are, you know, off a film or like, what do you do in your downtime? In my downtime? Yeah. Watch other films. I'm, I'm a little bit boring. Uh, <laughs> work out, um, look for projects, mm-hmm. try to develop projects. I, I try to write, um, find other filmmakers, mm-hmm. try to create work for myself so I don't have to be sitting around and waiting for somebody else to give me a job. Yeah. And that puts out an energy, I think. Even if it ends up not happening, it puts out an energy of like when I go to an audition or a job interview or I'm like, I don't have that pressure that if I don't get this job, because you always get that sense as an actor, at least I do, I might never work again. Mm-hmm. So it takes that off the table like, okay, you know, yeah, I will work again, even if it means that I have to hire myself. Yeah. But I will work again. And that's that's what I find myself doing in the off time. And just watching, you know, watching what's out there, watching films, watching TV, going to museums, trying to, trying to do other things and, and until that next job comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Kane, I mm-hmm. know that you have an interesting story of how you got cast in that role. Um, <laughs> you did, you did re- so- I feel like I'm inside the actor's studio. <laughs> and you're James Lipton with the card. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you read for the script and, um, just tell us the story behind that. Audition. Okay. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have any credits. I mean, I didn't have any Hollywood credits. Yeah. Uh, I had done some stuff in Miami, like I had said, with that, but here in Hollywood, you get here and starting all over again. And, um, I remember the breakdown came out of this, of this role and my manager, Alino uh, Farrell, um, who was somebody who believed in me, by the way, when, when nobody wanted to represent me. Yeah. After I was in Kane, I started getting calls. Hey, no, who's representing you? No, I'd like to rep. No, no, a little too late now. Yeah. I'm on the show now. I don't need you to represent me. Um, the breakdowns came came out, and there was this role in Kane. But they didn't Santo? want to. Uh, Santos, yeah, but they didn't want to see me. And the role was, interesting enough, the role was, I was... According to the breakdown, I wasn't right for the role. The only thing I was right for the role was that I was Cuban, that my background was Cuban. Everything else, I wasn't right for the role because <laughs> it said Jimmy Smith's about six four, six five. So he's a yeah. big guy. So they were looking for somebody of the same height. So it said uh, six two, six three, lanky, mulatto, Cuban, full of tattoos for the role. I'm not six three. I'm not you know mulatto. I'm, I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> So, um, but I, I, I really wanted that role. And I thought, I read the scenes and I'm like, I'm perfect for this. So my we put myself on tape, on DVD, actually. Mm-hmm. Tape. People say tape. Mm-hmm. There's no tape. On DVD. And we sent it to the casting. So they brought me in and I read with the casting director. And at all times I was in character. I go, I have to make them believe that I'm this actor that just got here from Cuba. Yeah, you know the discovery. So I I I, I auditioned for the casting director. So I got a call back, and here I am. I I show up to the call back, and I walk in through the door, and everybody's there. Jimmy Smith is sitting there. He stands up and he's huge. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this guy's really tall. Jimmy Smith is there. Cynthia Cidre, who was a creator of the show with Jonathan Prince, and Cynthia Cidre had written uh, Mambo Kings, mm-hmm. a film that I had seen when I was growing up. Um, and they're all there, and I'm like, okay, keep the character, don't break character. So I go, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Hey, nice meeting you. Mucho gusto, mucho gusto. Like, cause my character was a guy yeah. that just arrived from Cuba, so I played all along, 
you know, the, oh, I had, I had drawn myself some fake, fake tattoos, tattoos. Some fake tattoos. So I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I have mucho gusto. Hey, you mean me? You mean me? I got in here and pronounce it. So they were all looking at me like, where did this guy come from? So I did the I did the the audition mm-hmm. and I got cast. And you also, I think I heard that you told a story about like. Well, I t- <laughs> wow, this is great! I told a story. Um, I went to this little story because my character was from a place in Cuba, and the script said that I was from Matanzas. It's a place in, in Cuba. Yeah, I've never been in Cuba, by the way. Uh, You've never been to Cuba. I've never been to Cuba. Okay, because my parents came when they were very young. Um, so I'm the characters from Matanzas, and I'm like, oh, by the way, you know, interesting story that my character is from Matanzas, and it turns out that my parent, my dad, is from Matanzas in real life, and my grandfather had the biggest funeral home in all of Matanzas. My and my character's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm talking that my grandfather had. My grandfather had a funeral home in all of Matanzas. You know. Biggest funeral home in all Matanzas. Of course, Matanzas is not very big, so, you know, funeral home was not that big, but it was big in Matanzas. And they were all laughing and stuff. Stuff that you never, I don't recommend doing the most part. Mm-hmm. But I, you know what? I had no credits, so I went for it. I yeah. took a chance, and I go like, you know, these people, and they were seeing other name actors or actors with a lot more credits than myself. So I'm like, I'm going to go for it. So I walked out of the room, and, they, and later on I found out they said, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's him. That guy's not acting. That's... We found somebody. <laughs> like, I just got here. Yeah. So I think I was doing it. was like episode two or something like that. And um, I'm sitting to shoot, waiting to shoot a scene in the car because I played the hitman bodyguard driver of the Jimmy of Jimmy Smith's character. And Jimmy uh, turns to me and, and said, and when I was on the set, I kind of stayed in character. Okay. Joking around because I didn't want to lose the accent. So I, I was like, I kept talking like this, hey, Mr. Vega. And, and, and I'm in the... And I'm sitting in the car, and Jimmy's like, looks at me and goes, Hey, so when you came from Cuba, did you come on a raft? For, or you came on a boat <laughs> or you came on an airplane? And I looked at him, I'm like, No, oh, man, I was born in Miami. Yeah. He's like, He started laughing. He goes, You know, we really thought we were getting an actor who had just arrived from Cuba or something. That's crazy. Because there's always that debate of, you know, when you are an actor and you go in and into an audition, whether you stay in character the entire time or you just do it when you're auditioning. I know. I know. And I would say, you know, do whatever feels comfortable mm-hmm. to you at that moment. Yeah. Unless, the only thing you don't want to do is if you're playing a crazy person. Make them think that you're really crazy. Yeah. Or scare them like, you know, I'm not going to be able to work with this person. Yeah. That you don't want to do. Well, you've gone for a lot of roles where you've been the murderer or killer. So I what do you do in people. the audition? I killed a few people. <laughs> but at you that point. You don't go in and make them think that you're you don't want a mass them to, murderer. No, you try not to unless they're really looking for that. Then, you know, you do what you got to do. Okay. No. <laughs> Um, so, other television roles that you've been in, you have been in CSI Miami. CSI Miami, um, yeah. And you're from Miami. I'm from Miami. Although, the show tapes in hunting, or in Manhattan Beach, right? Manhattan Beach. So, was that kind of a disappointment for you? No, no, because I, I knew. I knew yeah. that they would. They actually, in the episode I was in, they shot some in Miami. I didn't get to go to Miami. I was no. disappointed in that. You know, I'm always looking for a for a free trip to Miami. Yeah. Kane, we did shoot in Miami, part. Mm-hmm. But we only shot we shot in Miami a couple of days, which was great to go back home yeah. and and shoot there. But most of the show we shot in the studios in CBS studios. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so in CSI Miami, uh-huh. I know you were in an episode in 2003 and then in another episode. No, actually, that wasn't me. Really? That wasn't me. Ah, I got you're, you. One. Your IMDb lies? IMDb, IMDb lies sometimes. Oh, that, that, that wasn't completely me. screws up my I've, next question. I've, se- I've sent them a million <laughs> times. I can add, I can lie okay. if you want. I was going to ask In 2003, you, yeah. it was my big break, CSI Miami. <laughs> yes, as Officer Victor Perez. Yes. That was not me. It wasn't you. No, how that's a friend of that mine. Up? That's a friend. Of, they screwed it up. Okay. Don't blame me. No, I didn't. I didn't. Blame you just say, "How did you screw that up?" How did they screw? It oh, up? they screwed it up. They mm-hmm. screwed up a few things. IMDb. Well, you also did. You change your last name. I I dropped the S. Okay. So what was the reason for that? Because that guy. Really. That is the reason for that. Because there was an Oscar Torres. There's an Oscar Torres who's not an actor anymore. He's a writer. Mm-hmm. He's actually a friend of mine. Yeah. And um. We he had just written a film that was getting some attention, and I had done a film called Ladron que roba ladron, which that was something else that was actually came out at the same time as Kane, mm-hmm. and opened doors for me. Um, and we were getting confused, and I would get was getting calls for him, and I'm sure he was getting calls for me. So I'm like, I'm gonna drop the S. Yeah. And then I asked Ron, I asked a cousin of mine who's out here who's also an actor. Well, you know, I'm, I'm debating this. I was really debating whether to drop the S and change. He's like, you know what? Cubans don't pronounce the S anyway at the end of the word. So mm-hmm. drop it. Nobody's going to change it. It's not going to change the pronunciation yeah. of your name. Well, that's cool. So um, that's why I, uh, <laughs> I dropped the S. Okay. Um, so on Cold Case. Cold Case. Well, do it, did you actually do that show? I think cold, <laughs> that was me. I okay. think Victor Perez, that CSI Miami is the only... Um, Credit that's not accurate okay. on IMDb. Um, so on Cold Case, you played uh-huh. a Cuban-born baseball <laughs> player yes. who got sent back to Cuba, uh-huh. and you end up in the show murdering your brother. My cousin. Your cousin. My okay. Cousin. Um, who was like a brother. Okay. And um, in the audition for that, I know it was another audition where you felt like you <clears> nailed <throat> it when you went in, and they actually called you back before you even got to your car. When I was getting to my car, yeah. When I was in my car, when I got to the car, that was, that was, it just shows you to show up to anything. Mm-hmm. There was a table read. This was right after Kane. There was a table read for a film that, uh, that my cousin had written. Actually, the same cousin who I had asked about the last name. Okay. <laughs> uh, his name is Julio Machoso, excellent actor who's been here a long time. Uh, he had written a film and he wanted to hear it out. And he asked me, hey, can you come and read one of the characters? Whatever. So I showed up to read one of the characters. So there I met Danny Pino. Danny Pino was the lead in Cold Case. I never met Danny Pino. So Danny and I are playing like best friends in the in the table read. And after the table read, Danny tells me, look, I wrote this episode of Cold Case, which is the episode I ended up being. Yeah. There's a role, the main character in the episode, one of the two main characters in the episode you'd be perfect for. Would you mind coming in and audition? I can. I'll recommend you. I'll say that you know. I'm, I'll, I'll put you in the list if you want to come in. I go. I'd love to. So that's how it happened. If I would have never gone to that table read, I probably would have not done uh, cold case. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. You never know. You yeah. just need to show up. Um, so your most recent role was Hangover Three. Or the one that people can see most recently. Most recently that um, I can see, yeah. That came out last week, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And um, 
the series of The Hangover was directed uh-huh. by Todd Phillips, yes, um, who has countless directing credits. I mean, old school The Hangover series, classics, due yeah. date, um, so many comedies. Starsky and Hutch, uh, yeah, I true. loved all of them. Um, so, what did you learn from working with Todd? Todd, you know what? It was a great. It was a lot of fun working with him because he creates an environment on the set that you feel like you you can't fail. Mm-hmm. And that's great for an actor because once you have that, you know, you feel like you can try anything. There are no rules when, when you're shooting the scene, really, you know. And um, we would shoot a scene and he would come in and he would tell one of the guys or he would tell me, you know, that line, let's change the line. Let's try this. He's always looking to make the scene funnier and make the scene work and click. Mm-hmm. And so he kept trying different things. And so that was that was great because... I'm like, okay, I can try anything. There, there, I, you know, I can, I can. There's a scene that Bradley Cooper's, we're having a conversation, and he, he's with Zach, and he's reacting to something yeah. Zach is saying, but I play this chief of police and I'm questioning them, and I banged it. It's not on the, it's not on the film, but I banged it right in front, of, and Bradley jumps up, and, like, <laughs> and he looks, and and I felt free to do that yeah. with a different director. Maybe I wouldn't have done it. Because I'm like, maybe he would have like, no, don't bang the table or whatever. Maybe I ruined that take. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't care because he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He just want, I, I, he, you can sense that he just wanted the actors to try things. Yeah. And the actors that you worked with, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, Bradley Cooper, they are all so funny. And your character was supposed to be very serious in the very role, serious, Officer yeah. Vasquez. Although I'm, saying, any... although I'm saying funny things. Re- yes, you were. I'm saying funny things, Did but you, you had to keep it serious. Did I ever break? Not what I was saying, the lines, but after they said cut, yeah, Zach, would, Zach would, make me, <laughs> it would make me laugh. He's a funny dude. He's a funny dude, and, and some of his funniest takes are, can't be in the film. Really? <laughs> because the stuff that he's kept, he's, you know, there's a, they kept changing lines. And, and like I said, Todd Phillips gives you that freedom. Mm-hmm. So there was a scene that he kept, every take he would say something different. And it was, you know, it was just getting funnier and funnier and funnier and funnier. But it also get darker and darker and darker. So at some point, you're like, that's not going to make it. Yeah. Did you learn anything from working with those guys? Just, to, just you know, how loose they are. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the relationship. And it's all about, you know, it's all about relationships and and. And working, you're as good as the next person that you're acting with. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with people of their caliber, you know, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So I know that growing up, your favorite series was actually Rocky, uh, the movies. The film, yeah. And you ended up playing Xboxers in a couple roles. I've done, yeah. I've and done a few. Did you have any boxing experience prior to doing that? In my head. In your head. In my head, yeah. In my head, I've been champion of the world a few times, yeah. <laughs> I created my my brother could my younger brother, which he and I would go fifteen rounds after after we would watch the Rocky films, drive my mom nuts. <laughs> um, no, I had done I had done a, a film a few years before called Hunting of Men, and I played an ex-con in, in that film. And one of the things I did to train for the for the character was I, I did a little bit of boxing mm-hmm. with a friend of mine who's an ex-boxer, excellent actor, but he's an ex-boxer. And I trained a little bit with him, so that was that was my the experience I had in boxing. I did play baseball for a lot of years, so I am a th- somewhat athletic. Yeah, uh, that helps, <laughs> but it's a whole different. You know, I would never say I'm a boxer because I wouldn't survive 
a second. Yeah. I think I could hit, but I don't like getting hit. Yeah. So the moment they hit me, I'm like, all right, stop, stop, stop. Don't hit me, don't hit me in the face. <laughs> Not the face. Not the face. <laughs> the Not money the face. Uh, can't take any more. Don't hit the face. <laughs> so I know you just mentioned um, one of your roles was as an ex-con. Um, a lot of... Uh, it's kind of like a stereotype in Hollywood. Up until recently, I feel like most of the roles for Latino actors were, you know, ex-convicts um, or Latina actors that would be maids. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you overcome, you know, that stereotype when being cast? I try not to think on in those terms. And when I when I take a role, I once I get cast within the boundaries of, of the role... Mm-hmm. I try to make it my own, and I I make them human. And I think, you know, there's some truth to all stereotypes, but there's also a person there, and that's what I tried to bring to the role. And I think that's why I've been able to get more work because of that reason. I, I, they're people, you know, who behave a certain way, mm-hmm. but they also care for somebody else, and they're also somebody's son and somebody's husband and. You know, even though they might end up doing something bad. So I, I think that's what I try to do, and that that makes the role interesting to me. If I thought I'm playing a stereotype, then I'm playing an idea. And and that I, I try to stay away from. And I think that's what's kept me, kept me working and mm-hmm. kept me playing other roles that are not the stereotype at the same time. Yeah. Has anyone ever tried to put you in a stereotypical role? Or, like, have have you ever had, like, a an agent or a manager who, you know, was like, oh, well, you're only allowed to play these roles or you're only able to play these roles? Uh, no, it hasn't really happened like that. But it's it's also when I've looked for agents or managers, that's one of the things I've asked. Mm-hmm. How do you see me as? And, and, and I think that's a question every actor should ask when they're looking for representation ask that person you know don't sign don't just sign with anybody because you'll yeah. be stuck and uh, how do you see me and the ones that said to me well I see you playing tough guys you know only tough guys you know that's how you're gonna then that was that was something I stayed away from because that that's not how I envisioned myself mm-hmm. you know I, I grew I when I first decided that I wanted to be an actor the actors I looked up to were Robert De Niro Al Pacino and they were you can say they've played stereotypes, but not really. You know, they 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 have range. They they played all types of roles that yeah. are interesting. So that's how I envision myself, and um, so that's what I was looking to hear mm-hmm. when I would meet with cast with agents or managers. You want to steer clear of those people who are going to typecast. If you. they're going to typecast, if the person who's representing me is typecasting me mm-hmm. already, no, I would run from that because. Mm-hmm. You know, they the business will do that to you. They'll try to typecast oh, yeah. you because it's you're hiring someone. It's a business when that aspect is a business, and you're hiring someone. And um, if you if you're hiring somebody who's just you know if you're going to a dentist, you're not going to hire somebody who's an orthopedic. You're going to hire somebody who you know has been a dentist, and maybe this dentist is a great orthopedic. This is probably a horrible example. <laughs> horrible. As I'm saying I'm like I'm drowning here. Uh, but you wouldn't hire him to be an orthopedic because you've only seen him as a dentist. Yeah. Even though he might be, you know, he's had experience and he studied. And and that's what feels safe to people to hire someone who they've seen him do this before. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that person's not capable of, of 
you know, doing more. Yeah. And I think that's when it's as an actor, you try to expand and do a little more and, and show that you have you, you know, have you versatility, get, you versatility, in your and and take. And sometimes you need to take control of your career and, and go out and do theater and do you know create your own projects. Yeah. And that's something that you've actually done a lot of, is creating your own projects. I know that you co-wrote um, a movie with your wife, Chudi, yes. too. And um, what got you into writing? Well, um, necessity. Uh, it's not my Writing is not my passion. Writing is hard work. It was a film that I actually, a friend of mine wrote. when I, He was my roommate when we first moved to L.A. And I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to. Um... He first wrote this when we moved to LA of characters that he had worked. I was doing, I was, as a, I was working as a telemarketer, and I was working with incredible characters around me, telemarketing office, and uh, so we came up with this idea of this guy, and, and so we wrote a film. He actually wrote the film. I would come up with ideas, and he had ideas of working in an office himself, and he was working in a, he was working as a security guard in an office building. So that's how we came up with this idea. Then years later, my wife and I rewrote that story and cut characters and made it more feasible to shoot with a low budget. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one that I I co-wrote. And then there's another film that I directed that my wife wrote. That she wrote on her own. It had nothing to do with And what led you to direct? Well, direct, she had written this film called Pretty Rosebud. Mm -hmm. And um, we were looking for a director. We we decided we wanted to make the film. And that we're looking for a director and we kept talking to different people and I just felt we both felt that they didn't have the right sensibility for the for the project it's, it's about a woman in a bad marriage unhappy marriage she's a career woman in an unhappy marriage and uh, she's successful what she's doing she's in the up and up and uh, she works for a marketing company um, but she's not happy and she makes wrong choices in her life and and in the process of finding herself. So it was very easy to judge her. And that, and we definitely did not want that. Mm-hmm. She was not perfect. And that's the thing that attracted me to that character, that she was flawed. She was a good person. But in her, in her uh, journey to finding herself, she was making mistakes, like we all do. Um, so at some point, and I was, at some point I, I got the directing bug. And the more I read it, I'm like, you know what I, I know how to shoot this. I think I know how to shoot this. Yeah. Do you find it easier to direct now that you've done so much acting, like doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If I hadn't done this much acting, I wouldn't be able to direct because because I've never I didn't study directing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I had the the privilege and pleasure of working with a lot of directors. So you start seeing what works and what doesn't work, what you like that they're doing and what you don't like when something's going wrong on the set you're like well okay this person's not prepared or they showed up to a location and they don't know how they're going to shoot the scene beforehand and so you start seeing the mistakes you learn as much from the bad things as the good things yeah so I was influenced by both and I tried not making those mistakes and um, made sure I had a good DP director Mm -hmm. of photography um did a lot of preparation. So once I showed up on the set, I knew exactly how I was going to shoot the scene. I had already directed the actors beforehand. So when, meaning I had, 
I, I wasn't going to tell an actor how to play the scene because I don't like that myself. But I was kind of guiding them by questions I posted beforehand. Okay, what do you think? And I didn't want the answer. I didn't want them to answer that. But to think of which direction this film... Because we all, as an actor, we're in the service of the story. Mm-hmm. And I wanted everybody to be on the same yeah. page to be in service of the story. So you kind of directed the way that you would want to be directed. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so your wife, Judy... Yes. I know that you two met in acting class. We met in acting class. Um, and you've known each other for a decade now. Right? Yeah. Um, so more, more than a decade. What was the story of how you two started dating? How we started dating. Um, I met her when I moved to L.A. A little after I moved to L.A. I went to this acting class. Sal Romeo. Great acting teacher out here in L.A. Um... And I met Trudy. She was my first, my first day in class. They paired me up to do a scene with her, and I thought she, it was a, a scene from Shortcuts. I think the film, Robert Altman, Shortcuts, about a husband and wife, who the wife is cheating on the husband, and they get into this horrible argument. And I'm doing this. Hopefully not life imitating. Hopefully not. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing the scene, and and she starts. Acting out on sound, which I didn't know what it was at the time because where I had studied before, they wouldn't do that. So she starts, oh, I hate this. I hate the scene. I hate... I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I thought, she's nuts. I'm like, this woman's nuts. And then after I met her, I realized she is nuts. Um, <laughs> she wasn't acting. Uh, so that's how we met. And then we started going out, I think, uh, about three, four years later. Yeah. We started going out. And it was it happened that... We were paired up to do a scene in class, so we started hanging. We started hanging out, and that's how we started going out. Um, so a lot of people, there is a debate in Hollywood whether you should date someone who's also talent, if you are a talent, or mm-hmm. whether you should try to steer clear of that. Um, what are the positives to dating another actor? The positives that they know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. That they know actors are, are a little crazy and weird sometimes, and we need our space, especially when we're creating or we're in character. Or you know, I try not to bring the character home, but a lot of these characters that I played are a little dark. So even if I not behaving like you know, like a killer or something at home, <laughs> you're still in a weird space. And uh, being with an actor, she understands that she's not like you know hey, you're acting strange, stop acting that way, or she understands what the process is and what I'm going through and, and, and vice versa. So I think, and supportive when you're not working or when things go badly or when you go to an audition. Unless you're an actor, it's hard to explain what happens when you go to an audition why you got nervous. Yeah. Sometimes you get nervous in audition and it's the weirdest thing. You, and so when you tell somebody who's not an actor, you know, I got nervous. An actor knows. But if you tell somebody else, they'll just say, why? Don't get nervous. There's no reason to get nervous. Yeah. And um, Chidi's also going to be a guest on our show yes. as well. Um, so you two have worked together uh, in acting class, but then you also wrote the screenplay together, or I guess redid the another screenplay sc- together. We did another screenplay, yeah. but not the film that I shot. The mm-hmm. film that I shot, she wrote by herself. Yeah. As a director, you, you you give notes, of course, once you get a script, yeah. you give notes, okay, maybe we can cut these lines or this, you know, but it's, it's based on 
what you plan to shoot and how you plan to shoot it. Yeah. But it's not, I didn't write, I had nothing to do, do you, with the writing. Of. Do you guys ever run into any creative differences when oh, working yeah. together? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that? It, well, it becomes interesting conversations or arguments. Of um, And it can be watching a film and just saying, well, I really think that character meant this. And she's like, no, nah, I don't think the character meant that. I think they meant this. And so we'll go back and forth. Or just preparation. You know, we talk about we're totally different actors. Yeah. So we go about um, our work in a different, different style, different way. So sometimes we've gotten into conversation about the scene but not that we don't impose on each other we're yeah. very much aware that we're different and we work differently but we've had yeah conversations about a film or screenplay and we totally <laughs> disagree on the screenplay and she might think it's horrible and i might think it's good or vice versa but you work it out in the end we work it out just you know, <laughs> agree to disagree on the yeah um, so nowadays, social media is playing mm-hmm. a huge role in launching people's careers. I know that you actually landed a role because you posted a scene of yours on Facebook. It was cold case. It was a cold case. Um, I posted um, some of my scenes on Facebook, and somebody else had seen had seen the the, the video that I posted. And um, and he knew about cast. He knew that a cast director had been looking for a role in a film for a while, so he grabbed my the link that I have put on Facebook and sent it to a casting director. And next thing I know, my manager is getting a call from this casting director, so I can come in. And it turns out that then I I go in and I met the director, and the, because of that, the director the director had seen me in Kane. Oh wow! So he knew how I, he had seen my work. Yeah. And he's like, but well, he hadn't thought of me. Until that moment. Yeah. So it was thanks to uh, Facebook. Awesome. Have you gotten any other roles because of? Um, approached about about things and projects and yeah, I would say, I would say that that I've gotten that I've been. I wouldn't say directly. Oh, okay, I was offered this directly because of Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I've been on people's radar. Yeah. Because of Facebook. Um, so you have had a plethora of roles. Is there a role that you haven't had that you would, you know, dream to or that you really want in the future? There are many. There are many roles that I... I um, Is there one that you know you would, like, just blow out of the water? That's a great question. You know, and I've been asked that before, and I always stumble with that question. I, I have a hard time... Um, Remake of Scarface. Did I ever make it? <laughs> you want to be? I would be Tony Montana. Okay. And I would do the real Cuban accent. <laughs> um, not that he, not that, yeah. not that Al Pacino wasn't great in that role. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's very interesting. Cubans don't speak exactly like Al Pacino does in Tony Montana, but when they imitate how Cubans speak, they imitate Tony Montana. Yeah. Which is very funny. Uh, so that's that's incredible. There have been a lot of remakes lately. Of a so, lot of stuff, so why not? Scarface. So why not? If somebody's gonna make Scarface, I can be Tony Montana. You can do it. I know the character, I know the city, I know the story. Please cast me as Tony Montana. The shameless plug. Uh, totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, moving forward, what do you hope to accomplish in your career and in your life? I hope to keep working consistently. I uh, the roles get bigger and bigger films, 
and uh, to keep directing. I, I really enjoy directing. So I you hope caught the directing bug. I did. I did because you have full control of the story. It's like you're, you know, everything that's there. You say yes. You say no. Uh, I like the dress, not that one. That the colors, uh, this, the set. You uh, you control this whole world. It's like it's the closest thing to being God. Yeah, and then seeing the, the final product come the together. The final product, but and at the same time, I, I'm joking. I said the closest thing to being God, <laughs> but at the same time, knowing that you're hiring good people at what they do and that you need them, because in no way or form do I think that I can do what the DP is doing better. Or you know, sound or this and that. So it's it's so it, I I love that directing is so inclusive mm-hmm. of of the people that are around you, and then you need the actors to surprise you and and be better than you have ever imagined the scene could be. Yeah. And that's I think that's beautiful. And then when you're editing, and then the editor's doing magic, and you want the scene go, to go this way, and, and the editor will say, "What well, what if we do this?" And that, and then you see, it and you're like, "Oh, that works so much better." Okay, since you did that, let's do this, and it's 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 a beautiful thing, and I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, so shameless plug time. Okay. You are in Hangover Three. People can see that in theaters now. Go what see other it. What other projects do you have? Well, I um, there's a few films that I can't even disclose yet. There's one that should be pretty big. Um, that I'm hoping it all goes through. I should find out by the end of the month. And there's a pilot that I shot uh, a couple of months ago called What's Up in L.A. And it's about, uh, again, it's about a Cuban family that moves to L.A. because their son wants to be, a, my son wants to be an actor, um, which is weird playing somebody's father to me. I still can't see myself as somebody <laughs> who's in their 20s. Um, it's a comedy. It's a half-hour comedy. I play one of the lead roles uh the pilot, Paul Rodriguez, was in the pilot also, and a uh, great cast, and we're hoping to get picked up by a network, so they're pitching that around right now. Well, I'll cross my fingers for you. Uh, I'll be back here. <laughs> yes, you should be I'll back, be back here. here. Uh, talking about our after shows. Exactly. So, uh, where can people find you? Twitter, Facebook? Twitter, website? Facebook, uh, Oscar Torre Actor at Twitter. And Facebook just look for Oscar Torre without the S. If you get the S, you yeah, find somebody else. Yeah, don't add the S. No. It'll no be your S. friend. It'll be me. you get my friend who's an excellent writer. So if you're looking for a writer, just call him. Yes. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Katherine Kelly. Oscar, thank you so much for, you for joining us me. today. I also want to mention very quickly uh, to subscribe to us on iTunes if you're watching us on AfterBuzzTV.com or watching us on YouTube. Just take 30 seconds, go over to our iTunes page, click subscribe. You can find all of AfterBuzz's after shows there as well as chatting with Kathy. So until next time, we will talk to you later. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> Take two. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.